Hello and welcome. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is Club Crime, a true crime broadcast recording live at KTCU. Oh my gosh, guys, this is the perfect night to be doing Club Crime because it's rainy outside, it's a little bit spooky, We're this is the week leading up to Halloween, so the vibes are just really good right now, and I'm super happy to be in here today. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go listen to Club Crime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't followed us on social media yet, please follow us on at Club Crime Official on Instagram and at Club Crime Official on Twitter slash X because they won't let me have my full name. All right, so we kind of have two special guests, and this is honestly a KTCU collab today. Ladies, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm Grace. I'm Joya. And we're the Radio Girls. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, my, this is literally like the cutest KTCU collab ever. Aww, it really is. Yeah. So slay. Do y'all want to introduce yourself? Grace, you've already been on, but... I'm so... Let me just say, I am so honored to be back. This is, like, the highlight of my week. Even though you were, like, really terrified last time. Well, yeah, I was. I love horror stuff, but sometimes it can be a tad scary. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. bit. (laughs) Well, I'm so honored to just be here in general, you know. Radio Girl Club Climb collab. Collab. This is literally, like, oh, this is so fun. I love having (laughs) you both here. So iconic of us. This is the second time ever I've ever had two people on the podcast, except for all the times that, like, Um, my roommate has just kind of like come with me um but I love having her here she's like my little assistant whenever Grace comes but love you Grace if you're listening aww so Grace you've already told us before what's your interest in true crime Joyo but like what's your interest what do you do you like true crime do you like do you not like it um, I'm an NCIS fanatic. Mm, yes. Mm, mm. Um, I used to watch a lot of, what's it called? Criminal Minds. Mm. Um, but I don't really listen to a lot of crime podcasts as much as I like to watch the TV shows and stuff, you know? Okay, for sure. No. But honestly, that's how I got into, like, true crime and stuff was just literally just listening to, like, TV or watching, like, TV shows. Like, I was a big Law & Order SVU girl. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something I forgot to mention last time is, or maybe I did, but I don't think I did. I love Dateline. Mm. I'm, I, I do too. It's so good. It's basically just like true crime, and like every episode is like solving a different crime. Oh, Dateline cool. is honestly where I get like a lot of my like mm-hmm. sources and stuff. Some of them like I don't think are even solved. So that's kind of it's kind of yeah. Dark. A lot of them. Never a lot get of solved. them never get solved. That's like the dark part of it. To be honest, what? I mean, it's all dark. It's all dark. <laughs> okay, so Joya, you were like kind of telling me before um, the podcast began that you have a stalker. Uh, would oh you my like gosh! To talk about that? Yes, let me bring the mic over here because this is a crazy story. Take the mic. Okay, so I was at a. I was doing something last Thursday at a place where a lot of people are, and this guy asked me to dance, and I like wasn't at this place. Let's name it like. What should we name it? I don't know. I don't want to like give away the place. Let's name it Jimmy John's. I was at Jimmy John's dancing. And <laughs> 
<laughs> this guy asked me to dance and I haven't been at Jimmy John's in like weeks, okay? And this guy asked me to dance and I was like, oh, he kind of looks familiar because he's very distinct. Like if I needed to give a report of what this guy looked like. Like I, very distinct features. Yes. Okay, and okay. like if he was my murderer, like I could give a distinct description. Okay. Anyways, he asks me to dance and um, I was like, oh, he kind of looks familiar, but whatever. And he goes, oh, your name's Joya, right? <gasps> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. And, and like, I have a different name, so it's not like it's like, oh, your name's Emma, right? It's like, oh, your name's Joya. Right. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, you're studying digital media at <gasps> TCU? Uh-uh, 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 yeah, yeah, uh-uh. yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, how's that going? I was like, oh, you know, it's going great. And he's like, you were here a few weeks ago, right? And I was like, stop. <laughs> like, what's going on? And the song just started, and, like, you know, when you're at this place, you can't just, like, leave someone because, you know, you'll run into them again. And so I was like, uh-huh, so what you up to? And, like, it was just, like, the little things. Like, when he would dance, he wouldn't even, like, dance. It was just super weird. And he, like, held my hand weird ew, <laughs> when ew. we were dancing. Mm-mm. Yeah. And so then, so then he was like, it was so great dancing with you. I was like, yeah. And I don't even remember his name. Uh, mm. Report that Oh, dance. oh, no, no, even better, even better. I just remember this part. He goes... So how's the radio girls? <gasps> <gasps> I know. Girl, wait, no. Like, you have you to see if this man the like follows you. Show? You have to see if this man like follows you on like social media and stuff. I, I like, don't know his him. name though. Well, if you said his look was very you said particular, he's like, then I, I guess, guess I could find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find yeah. him. Um, how's the radio girls? I know. See, that brings me into this. Yeah, and so I was like oh my god how do you remember like you know maybe someone maybe like oh we started chatting and it would remember like spark oh right aren't you like on the radio but he said the radio girls like he knew the name yeah and he was like he was like oh did you go to the game last week i was like no we did some interviews he goes oh yeah wasn't it like wasn't it like (gasps) what song are you listening to Uh, uh, and that uh, was one that uh, we posted a few weeks ago yeah so i was really sketched out um Cause I was gonna say like the what song we're listening to. That was my epic fail. That has not even been posted yet. Um, yeah. No. Oh shoot. That's. Uh, but no, no, no. It was what? It was the one that we did like okay. on campus. On campus. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm, that just give that gives me really off vibes. Like right? gives me really, really off. Isn't vibes. that really weird? Mm. So there's my little true crime um, personal attribute to this. <laughs> I didn't um, How do you not remember this man's name? <laughs> I can't remember. No, I would have like heard that on. name and like put it in my notes app immediately. I know. I need to like go on our Instagram. Let me see if I can find him on our Instagram. Yeah, literally a deep dive. Literally because, deep dive. Um, yeah, um, I feel like a restraining order might be in your future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> girl, I'm sorry. Oh, it's We're chill. like laughing about it, but that's no, honestly it's, terrifying. That's actually Crazy. like really scary. Yeah, but like he doesn't know my last name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how that helps, but it helps me a little. <laughs> yeah, that's still mm, that doesn't sit right with me, but I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit terrified. Yeah, it's a little scary. It's a little um mm, incorrect in my mind, but you know, <laughs> what can we do? What can we, what, what can we do? Literally we're like what can we do? Luckily we're like this building is pretty secure. Like you need swipe access. You need okay. like yeah. you need X Y and Z to be getting in here. So Yeah, we're locked we're locked and loaded, guys. We Don't are worry. very locked and loaded. All right. So, do you guys want to hear your guest duties and what y'all are here to do t- for me tonight? Yes. yes. 
All right. I'm going to tell you both a true crime story. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Awesome. So you guys have to tell the listeners that I and promise them that I did not tell what y'all's um, story was going to be. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. We have no clue. Do you guys want to sh- throw any guesses out there? <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're like sharing the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep... <laughs> um, it's okay. Just give me just a little radio, kiss. Just, just the a... radio girls being silly. I Aww. feel like it might be a little bit about... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you like you would do a Halloween one just yet because, you know... Halloween's coming up. So it is like spooky month, I guess, but yeah. it is not like a Halloween related. So you are right. My Halloween episode is next week, guys. Sneak I, I'm hoping it's not about a stalker. No, it's not actually. It's about it's about um a girl boss. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, you said this was going to scare me earlier. Yeah. I think so. well, you were scared of the last story I, I was. told you. What I was the think... last one? It was about the love is one mm-hmm, cult. The love is one cult. Oh, whoa. Um, basically, mm-hmm. like, the cult leader got, like, mummified by her <gasps> cult, like, members. She got Christmas tree. What? Oh, yeah, they, like, fully, like, decorated her in, like, glitter and, ooey, like, ooey, tree ooey. lights and stuff and mummified her body. But Whoa, I'm excited for this one now. Um, but if you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it, guys. <laughs> Shameless plug. Do All it. right. Tonight's story for you both is the story of Lizzie Borden. <gasps> Yay. You know her? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. So this will be well, exciting. Okay. I don't know much about it, but like I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So There's like a Netflix stuff. I'm so sorry. I no, keep... you're fine. You're fine, girl. <laughs> no, say your piece. What no, I was gonna, gonna say? say like there's like Netflix documentaries and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of stuff out there about her. Mm-hmm. Sources for tonight's story include Britannica, Smithsonian Magazine, LizzieBorden.com, Crime Museum, BuzzFeed Unsolved, and we all know her. We all love her. Miss Wikipedia. Love her. Love. Honestly, I say it every week. I love Wikipedia. Is it like my primary source? No. But everything's there. She fills in the blanks. She does fill in the blanks. She gives me the timeline. It's all the information you really need in one place. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Like, come on. Come on. All right. So getting into the background on the case. Lizzie Andrew Borden was born on July 19th, July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts to Sarah Anthony Borden and Andrew Jackson Borden. Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, the guy on our $20 bills, but Aww. not really. <laughs> Lizzie was the youngest of the Borden's two children. Her older sister, sister Emma Lenora Borden, was born in 1851. Andrew was born to a modest, middle-class family, then later lived rather poor as a young man. Eventually, Andrew found success in the manufacturing and sale of furniture and caskets, as well as a successful property developer. Andrew was later made the president of Union Savings Bank and the the director of the Durfee Safe Deposit and Trust Co., when he died, Andrew's estate was valued at three hundred thousand dollars, which in today's money is ten million one hundred ten million fifty eight thousand five hundred thirty eight dollars. Wow! So a guy was like rich. Pocket change, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know wow. he, he had a few dollars. It's like giving girl math in some way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah he had enough for like a good girl dinner, I guess. A good girl dinner. Yeah. All appetizers. <laughs> 
Despite his wealth, though, Andrew was known for being frugal. The Borden house itself had no indoor plumbing, despite this accommodation being common in wealthy households. The Borden family was also relatively religious, with Lizzie and Emma being involved in church activities, such as teaching Sunday school to children of recent immigrants to the United States. Lizzie's mother died three years after Lizzie was born, on March 26, 1863. Three years after that, Andrew married Abby Dufresne Gray. Though initially a cordial relationship, Lizzie began to call her stepmother Mrs. Borden, as she believed Abby married Andrew for his money. And like, so what? She was getting her bank. Yeah. Bro! <laughs> I mean, she was getting her money. She's Mrs. Borden. Mrs. Mrs. Borden. In 1892, tensions among the Borden family grew. According to the family's live-in maid, Bridget Sullivan, whom they called Maggie, the Borden sisters rarely ate meals with Andrew and Abby. In May, Andrew used a hatchet to kill pigeons in a roost Lizzie had built in his barn, prompting a large fight ending in both sisters taking an extended vacation in New Bedford. Further tensions grew as Andrew Borden had begun to gift various homes and properties to Abby's family members. This then prompted Lizzie and Emma to demand their father to sell them a rental property, sold to them for $1, then bought back for $5,000, which in today's money is $167,642. Wow. <laughs> money? Um, money doesn't make sense to me. Let's just yeah. say this. Inflation really, no, like, has never made sense to me. That makes, like, yeah. No, that's, con- yeah. Like, I understand the point of, like, we can't just, like, print more money because, like, that's, like, an issue, whatever. But, like, but, like can we? Grace. No. Grace, no. <laughs> Grace. Like, I know why we can't, obviously. Grace, guys. go ask that to literally any frat guy in the business school and you will literally get shot down immediately. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we cannot print more money, but, like, the idea of that, like, would be amazing. Like, imagine if we could just print more money. Yeah. Like, imagine. Imagine, Money's like, three I could just, just have money. More. Imagine like, just, I like, think money. all of the world's problems would be solved yeah. if everyone was rich. Amen to that one. <laughs> so on August 3rd, 1892, John Vinicum Morse, Lizzie and Emma's maternal uncle, was invited by the family to stay while Andrew and him discussed business. According to speculation, a discussion regarding property transfer may have made tensions worse in the household. So this family... It's not going great. The mother died. The dad was like, you know what? I'm not paying for indoor plumbing. You guys can go poop outside. That's bonkers. That's That one's crazy. Not in their sleigh era. Not Not in their sleigh era. era. You know, um, the stepmother's like, I'm just in it for the money, but I was hoping, like, my stepdaughters would be nice to me. They're not. So nothing's... Nothing's going very good in this household. That's all I really got to say. It's just, it ain't good. No, indeed. So now we can talk about the murders. Oh, here we go. Your favorite part, What we're here for. What we're here for. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The morning of August 4th, 1892, Andrew, Abby, Lizzie, Morse, and Sullivan were all present for breakfast. 
Then, after briefly conversing in the sitting room, Morse left at 8.48 a.m. to buy a pair of oxen and visit his niece in Fall River, while Andrew left at 9 a.m. for his morning walk. Sometime between 9 and 10.30 a.m., Abby went upstairs to clean and make the bed in the guest room. This was odd, though, as this job was usually left to Lizzie and Emma as one of their regular chores. Around this time, someone else entered the guest room. According to forensic investigation, Abby was facing her killer when she was hit on the side of her head with a hatchet just above her ear. Abby then fell face down to the floor, creating contusions on her nose and forehead. The killer then struck Abby 17 more times to the back of the head, which killed her. No, she lived, actually. Um, she got hit in the head 17 times, and How she was fine. That was, that's, like, oh. personal. Yeah. 17 yeah. times. 17 times. That's just, like, wrong. It, yeah, it's like, you know, one or two gets the job done, but, like, 17, at that point, you're literally just like taking deep, out your anger. Deep-rooted anger. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, Andrew returned to the house around 10.30 a.m., finding the door to be jammed, so he knocked for Sullivan to let him in. According to Sullivan, she could reportedly hear Lizzie laughing from the top of the stairs. This Uh -uh. detail is significant, as anyone who was upstairs following Abby's death would have been able to see her dead body. Lizzie would later deny this detail. Sullivan then stated that she had removed Andrew's boots and helped him into his slippers, a false detail as Andrew was wearing boots in his crime scene photo. So, like, oh. this was not a detail that was correct, according to Sullivan. Uh, like, Sullivan, like, told the police this, and this right. was not Someone's correct. lying. It was a lie. At about 11.10 a.m., Sullivan was resting in her third floor room when she heard Lizzie cry from below, quote, Maggie, come quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him, end quote. Andrew was found with his body slumped on the couch in the downstairs room. He had been asleep when he was struck in the head 10 or 11 times by a hatchet, one oh. even cutting his eye cleanly in two. Ow. That's disgusting. The Borden's neighbor, Dr. Bowen, soon arrived at the house and pronounced both Abby and Andrew dead. What? So that's the murders. And who was there the whole time? Dot, dot, dot. dot so dot, dot. we know at least Lizzie and Abby were. Or, yeah, Lizzie and Abby. So This is like a big game of two truths in a lot. And Abby's the stepmom? Abby, or no, um, Sullivan was there. Um, Sullivan was the maid and Lizzie was the daughter. Oh, my gosh. Abby and Andrew were the ones that died. So it's literally like we're about to go play like a game of Clue right now. I love yeah. that movie. Well, I love that game. I'm kind of a beast at Clue. I was in the play. Oh. I was Yvette the maid. Well, um, thanks for one-upping me. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so now we can get into the investigation. The murders puzzled investigators due to the circumstances. Abby and Andrew were killed on a busy street in broad daylight. There was no motive, robbery, sexual assault, etc., and no witnesses saw a suspect enter or leave. And we have a quick text from my mother. Um, Mm. (laughs) My mom would like to say that um, (laughs) her and my dad are now locking their bedroom door every night. Oh, wow. Everyone Um, lock your doors. Except... 
I love you guys and I'd never kill you. Oh wait, I get it because you're their daughter. That's oh. my, that totally went and over I'm my fully head. like not living that at home over my right head now. Also, I'm fully like not living at home right now. So maybe maybe my dog will do it. Oh, he I don't know. He's just always like mean and grumpy. I feel like he has a motive. That's more of a what cat type of thing. dog. Do you have? Um, he's like a small like Chihuahua rat terrier mm. like mutt. Rat terrier, <laughs> scary. He has like really spindly legs, and he's just mean, and he Aww. has no teeth. He sounds cute. Um, no. Grace, what? <laughs> Let's see I a pic. Love all dogs. Um, I'll show you guys a pic in a second. Okay, he's yeah. just um, he's something. Mm. He's certainly something. So, after interviewing Lizzie. Police were also puzzled by her contradictory answers. Lizzie initially told police that she heard a groan coming from upstairs before entering the house. But later, Lizzie told police that she heard nothing. She also recounted Abby receiving a summon asking her to visit a sick friend, but believed that she had returned after finding Andrew and asked Sullivan to go look for her. So Lizzie's kind of making up a confusing story the house's basement was searched there police found two hatches hatchets two axes and a hatchet head with a broken handle the broken hatchet was discovered to be newer but covered with ash and dust to make it look old with its broken handle being fresh so it was like fresh wood whoa that's so sus In Lizzie's possession, it was also discovered that she had recently purchased prusic acid, otherwise known as hydrogen cyanide, which she alleged was to clean her furs, because this was a time when all the ladies had, like, real fur coats, but but hydrogen cyanide has no antiseptic properties, so it would be useless in cleaning furs. Police had also failed to inspect Lizzie's dress she wore the day of the murders for bloodstains. Bruh, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Alice Russell, Lizzie and Emma's friend that came to stay with them after the murders, alleged that that after Lizzie had discovered that she was a suspect, she caught Lizzie burning one of her dresses. Lizzie claimed that the dress was covered in paint and it had never been discovered and it has never been discovered whether or not that was the dress she had worn the day of the murder or not. Following an erratic an erratic inquest, Lizzie was arrested on August 11th. Lizzie had been highly contradictory in her testimony, causing the district attorney, police, and even her close friends to question her innocence. Mm. So, Lizzie, honestly, is just, like, the most obvious suspect right now. We know that she hates Abby. We know that she wasn't really having a great relationship with her dad, either. She was burning her dress. She had cyanide on her. It's, like, giving murderer. It's giving murderer, but it's also, like, is the, like, the suspect you, like, most expect always the murderer? It's not. That's what's tricking me right now. Like, yeah. Like, whenever I watch a horror movie, like, you kind of real, or, sorry, you rule out, like, the most obvious person right away. Yeah. So, it's, like, this is real life. So, it's, like, That's obviously true. It this is isn't going to, like, follow, like, a horror movie, like, like, a timeline of, like, a horror movie. But at the same time, it's, like, it really, like, doesn't, like, it just seems too obvious. Like, so even in cases where you're, like, oh, it was for sure, like, the person in like this real life case you still kind of have some like reasonable doubt 
with this, it's like, mm, I'm doubting this a lot because everything is too perfect. Just Yeah. Yeah. But the maid was also home. But, like, mm-hmm. and she said some things that were wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I helped him take his boots off, but he was wearing slippers or but something But he was wearing like slippers. That. So. Yeah. And what if, like, before Abby, like, the maid was sleeping with the dad? <laughs> Well, keep that thought in your mind, because we'll talk about something similar to that later. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So on June 5th, 1893, Lizzie's trial began in New Bedford, Massachusetts. Just four days before her trial began, Bertha Manchester was murdered with an axe in Fall River. Though the similarities between the Borden and Manchester murders were striking, Jose Correra de Melo, Manchester's murderer, was determined to not be in Fall River at the time of the Borden murder. Lizzie also had the benefit of affording the best legal representation possible. Other benefits to Lizzie's case included there being no murder weapon, no bloody clothes, and the fact that as all of the evidence against Lizzie was circumstantial, which you can't, you know, convict someone off of circumstantial evidence. Evidence regarding the broken hatchet and Lizzie's burnt dress were both used by prosecutors. Lizzie's presence in the home was also questioned. Though Hyman Lubinsky testified for the defense that he saw Lizzie leaving the barn at 11.03 a.m., and Charles Gardner confirmed this. This corroborated that Lizzie was at least not in the house at the time of Andrew's death. Oh, dang. So now it's like, what's happening here? If she wasn't inside, then it's like, Sullivan was the only other person in the house that we know of. Yeah, I'm lost for words. Oh, yeah. The laugh, though, really gets me. Yeah. Because Sullivan was like, yeah, I heard her laugh. But then it's also like she Oh, but like if it's Sullivan, then she was going to blame her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we also have the sister. We're Mm -hmm. forgetting about the sister. Which technically the sister... There's still like a lot of options besides Lizzie. Which technically the sister was not there in the house, but you never know. She lived there for most of her life. She could have gotten in. Ew. So it's just like everything is not pointing the direction that the prosecutors want it to. Everything is not, not what, what it, it seems. seems. Da, 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 da. Everything is not. <laughs> so, think of it. <laughs> so the skulls of Abby and Andrew removed during the autopsy were both presented during the trial. What? That's disgusting. Upon seeing the skulls, Lizzie reportedly fainted, which like <gasps> I would too if I saw my parents' skulls. Yeah. Ew. But like, and mind you, it's literally like not like perfect skulls. Like their heads were bashed, and I so feel it's like, like it's these cracked, like mangled skulls. I was Ooh. totally faint. I feel like, and it's hard to fake a faint. You can't fake a faint. Yeah, and like, what if like, if let's say she was the murderer or is the murderer, like maybe she just went through a manic episode, and that's like I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Maybe you know what? Like sometimes we all go a little crazy. Sometimes <laughs> I guess. And I guess like we don't we don't all like kill like our parents, but sometimes you. Know, Sometimes, you know, like, you you just, you do things you regret. Okay, side note, I'm on the edge of my seat, guys. Are you, sh- are you a little nervous? <laughs> you're play- nervous. you're playing with your hair looking tie. looking around. <laughs> no, but, no, but, like, I'm, in, I'm enthralled. You're enthralled, okay. Lizzie, the fact of Lizzie owning prusic acid was also brought into question. 
Though the judge ruled this incident to be too remote in relation to the timeline to have any real connection to the case. On June 20th, 1893, or 1863, or, sorry, this is my bad, 1893, just an hour and a half after, of, just after an hour and a half of deliberation, the jury acquitted Lizzie Borden for the murders. Reports stated that as Lizzie left the courthouse, she seemed to be the, quote, happiest woman in the world, end quote. Yeah. What does acquitted mean? It means they, like, did, they, like, found her not guilty. Oh, okay. They, like, didn't charge her for anything. Well, if I'm not guilty... And I found be found not guilty, I would leave the courtroom as the happiest person in I mean, the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I would, too. I would, too. So, now we can talk about the theorized murders. We get mm-hmm. to get into the theories now. The theories. Oh, wait. Has, wait like, oh, wait. Continue. <laughs> continue. So, continue. to this day, Lizzie Borden remains the prime suspect in Abby and Andrew's murders. <gasps> okay, that's what I was, was going to ask. Like, they never, like put anyone in jail no this is still technically unsolved to this day (gasps) say what say what (laughs) (laughs) we do a lot of that on our (laughs) (laughs) following their death an infamous rhyme was created to make fun of lizzie's status which i've known this rhyme since i was like eight years old mm-hmm. which there's i have a spin-off story that i'll tell once like this is all over to like kind of follow up with this but the quote go- or the rhyme goes like this lizzie borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done she gave her father 41 andrew borden is now dead lizzie hit him on the head up in heaven he will sing on the gallows she will swing and mind you this was made up literally almost after like she like got arrested and everything wait you knew this rhyme growing up mm-hmm. i'll tell you about why but no i feel like i've heard it too it's such a cute little song what no i'm joking yeah this was full, like me on the playground like growing up like lizzie Ford. no it's no. totally not true but oh my god scary it is and it honestly it's kind of catchy Lizzie what? Borden took an axe and gave okay. her mother 40 wax and when she saw what she had done she gave her father 41 wow so several authors have written books theorizing ways Lizzie could have committed the murders could have could have author Evan Hunter used the popular belief that Lizzie was a lesbian to corroborate a motive Hunter theorized that Abby had caught Lizzie sleeping with the maid, Sullivan, (gasps) after which she killed Abby, (laughs) and then Andrew confessed, and then after, when she confessed the situation to Andrew, killed him following. Whoa. And mind you, this is a very popular theory. So, Many historians believe that Lizzie and Maggie Sullivan, the maid, were in a lesbian relationship. They were dating. And then Abby caught them. And then how did the dad die? Abby caught them. They killed Abby because they didn't want to, like, you know, be be discovered for being lesbians. Because that was, like, not a thing during this time. 1800s. And then they were like, oh, we need to go, like, confess to our dad about this. It's likely, like, Andrew was like, no, like sorry like i'm not supporting you being a lesbian lesbians uh-huh. aren't a thing this time and yeah. they're like oh we're killing you too <gasps> that's 
That's interesting. Whoa. I so, would, that one was totally out of left field for me. I was Isn't not it? expecting That's that. That's not what I was expecting the motive to be. I thought it was literally just like, oh, I want to be a spoiled little rich girl. But no, it was literally like, I'm a lesbian and I want to continue <laughs> to be a lesbian without people judging me. If you judge me, I'm going to kill you. So very go boss of her, in my opinion. <laughs> so what are the other ones? Okay. I just I just had to get that out. I think That's Lizzie Borden's a girl boss, and no one can change Lizzie? my mind about that. Lizzie, Lizzie. Lizzie. Lizzie girl. <laughs> Lizzie girl. So the other um, suspects, um, one of them being John Morse, who is, you know, the uncle, is believed to have killed Abby and Andrew. According to Borden's family members, Morse rarely visited the family after his sister's death. Morse's visits, as well as as his perfect, quote-unquote, over-detailed alibi during the time of his murders, led many to believe that he was the most obvious person to kill his brother-in-law and Abby. So, also likely... But other suspects include Andrew's suspected illegitimate son, William Borden, and Emma Borden, though Emma was not present in the house at the time of the murders. So what do you guys think? Who do you think? Hmm. Who do you think did the killings? This is kind of crazy. But wasn't Maggie, like, confirmed out of the house? No, Emma was out of the house, the sister. Maggie was in the house. Maggie was the one that discovered both the bodies. Oh. Yeah. Dang, I don't know. I'm really at a loss. I honestly think it was like a Lizzie Borden, Maggie, like, yeah, I was relationship, say, relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Really? I feel, I'm I feel kinda, like it was... And even if it wasn't a relationship thing, I feel like it was probably cooperated between the two of like, hey, um... I really want my dad's money. I will give you some of it if you help me kill Abby and Andrew. I could see that. I can also see, like, what I said earlier, like, Maggie was with the dad, but then the dad married Abby, and then Lizzie was like, well, I don't like her. Mm -hmm. So then they were like, okay, let's kill Abby, and then Maggie was just going cuckoo crazy for Cocoa Puffs, and then was like, (laughs) I'm killing him too, because why would he get with someone else? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. This family tree is getting crazy. Yeah, this is this is a very bizarre story, to but say it, the it, least. Why would Lizzie burn her clothes? Maybe she was just freaked out. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, there was just a lot of issues going on mm-hmm. in this family. So I feel like, once again, I'm like, Lizzie is such like an obvious suspect that I almost don't want to believe that it was her. Yeah, I feel like the scariest thing about this is the fact that, like, it's still so, like, it's still a big mystery. Like, mm-hmm. there's still so many, opt- like, options. Yeah, but then there wasn't, like, stuff that we have today that could make it easier to... Well, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like at this point, like, yeah, no one's going to go back solving Lizzie Borden drama. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, like, we have other fish to fry here. We have other fish to fry. <laughs> Very true. All right, so let's now talk about the rest of Lizzie's life following oh, all of this. there's more life. I wasn't, I like didn't even like think about that. <laughs> so following her acquittal, the Borden sisters inherited both Andrew and Abby's estates. They then moved to a house dubbed by them Maplecroft in the Hill neighborhood of Fall River. During this time, Lizzie began using the name Lizbeth A. Borden. 
Lizzie, despite her acquittal, was ostracized from the Fall River community and was accused of shoplifting in Providence, Rhode Island in 1897. Okay. Wow. Wow. Shoplifting. Shoplifting. In 1905, Emma and Lizzie had an argument over a party that Lizzie had thrown for actress Nance O'Neill, prompting Emma to move out and never see her sister again. Oh. Whoa. Lizzie died of pneumonia on June 1st, 1927 in Fall River. Just days later, Emma died from chronic nephritis in a nursing home in Newmarket, New Hampshire. Both sisters were never married and were buried next to one another in the family plot at in Oak in the Oak Grove Cemetery. At the time of her death, Lizzie Borden was worth $250,000. Yeah, $250,000, which in today's money is $4,383,750. So she wasn't poor. Girl was set. Wow. I'm just a girl in the world. world. So $30,000 of Lizzie's money was left to the Fall River Animal Rescue League and $500 for perpetual care of her father's grave. After that, family members and close friends of Lizzie's were left anything from $1,000 to $6,000. Wow. So they got, like, pretty generous sums of money. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if she was like, okay, let's say Lizzie is the murderer. I bet Mm -hmm. she was like, well, I'm going to have my name still be good, so I'm just going to put... Pocket, That's pocket how changed. I feel too. It's like five hundred dollars to when my father. When I die, like I'm gonna donate to the animals and to all my friends, yeah. so that no one has anything bad to say about me after I die. Right. I care for oh, the animals so and my dead father. Which is like, mm, I really don't think that worked, girl, because we are still talking about these murders. You famous, girl. Yeah, that's you. You famous. That's not crazy. in a good way. I wonder. Not, I'm gonna no. look up to see if um, there's a picture. Of Lizzie, there yeah. is. There's. You can also find the pictures of um, her mom and her dad um, dead. Oh, okay. Like just after they were killed. Okay, I don't want to see that. Um, oh wait, my mom asked what happened to the maid. Unfortunately, she'd not, be scary looking. Unfortunately, look, look not much is known. <laughs> so yeah. my mom wants to know what happened to the maid. I looked this up. Not a lot is known about what happened to Maggie Sullivan after all of this. Mm. It really seems as though she just wanted to like get out of the public eye, which like good for her. Right. And it didn't it really seemed like she wasn't really on trial anyways. No, she was never really convicted. She was never really even suspected. So it was like she just wanted to like really get out of there and stop being associated with this family. Valid. So, so now let's talk about the aftermath and like, you know, everyone's dead. What was the legacy of all this? Which we already kind of know, but yeah. So in popular culture, the Borden murders and Lizzie Borden's infamy have lived on. TV shows, movies, plays, musicals, and even operas have been made covering the case. Hold up. You had me at musicals. What? There is a <laughs> Lizzie Borden sing, musical. Maybe they sing the rhyme. Like, what do they sing? Uh, no, so... Like, <laughs> it's, Lizzie Borden has a breakout song. It's honestly <laughs> not a good musical, but it's literally, like, the tale of, like, Lizzie Borden, and, like, she's, like, the main character, and it's, like why she was so unhappy and why she needed to murder her 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 story is giving play not musical yeah i agree but (laughs) that's my piece two theater majors 
So one of the most famous depictions um, of this case is in the 2018 movie Lizzie, starring Chloe Sevigny as Lizzie Borden and Kristen Stewart of Twilight fame as Bridget Sullivan. Wow. The movie also depicts the pair's lesbian, theorized lesbian relationship. Oh. (laughs) Which I've also watched that movie, and that's a a wild ride. I think I'm going to add Lizzie to my no-name list of babies. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a no-name list. Mm. The Borden home today is now a bed and breakfast. Oh, gosh. Uh-uh. No. That's nasty. Why? That feels really wrong. Single rooms, an no. entire floor, Single rooms. or even the entire house can be booked. <gasps> I don't like that. That's messy. The Lizzie Borden website even states that the house can be used for weddings and large events. Ew. Ew. Who wants to get married in Lizzie Borden? Well, now no. we get to get to the good part of the house. Oh, no. Oh, no. The reason I want to go to the house. Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. Wait, where's the house? In Massachusetts. Oh, that would be. I love Massachusetts. I do too. I've never been. The Lizzie Borden house is also widely considered to be haunted. Nope. Nope, rebuke. BuzzFeed Unsolved, Ryan Vergara, and Shane Madey filmed a video of them staying the night in the house in an attempt to contact the ghosts in the home. No. Though they did not have much luck, several other people have caught videos and pictures of apparitions in the house. The Lizzie Borden house also offers ghost tours to its guests. No. Oh, and so that's the story. If you go on the website, you can fully, like, pick, like, if you want to sleep in the room that Andrew got murdered in, if you want to sleep in the room that Abby got murdered in, if you want to sleep in Lizzie's room, if you want to sleep in this Whoa, room. Whoa, people need help. So, like, they're making this, like, a whole thing. Like, this is, oh, like, I would fully go stay on that. You would stay the I night. I would fully stay the night there. What room would you stay would you in? Would scared? I want to stay in the room that Abby got killed in. Would you be terrified? <sighs> no. Girl. And Abby, there's literally a ghost living in my room back at home. His name is Toby and him and I talk all the time. And mom and dad, what? if oh. this is on like speaker and Toby can hear, hey Toby, I'll Wait, see whoa, you in four whoa. weeks. Wait, hold up. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, there whoa, is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You? Literally, you can go listen, go listen to episode 13, which, or episode, it's either episode 13 or 14 where I like went full in depth about Toby, but I've like talked about Toby in multiple episodes. Can you give me like a quick summary? Quick rundown. Um, so... Toby and I have been talking since I was maybe, like, six. Um, He lives in my room. He's, like, a 12-year-old, like, not Victorian, like, early 1900s boy. Girl. Um, He was was a farmer, got killed in um, an accident with, like, a wagon, basically. And him and I talk every now and then. True story. Whoa. And he's from Cali. He's from California. He's from Cali. He's a Cali boy. He's a Cali boy. He's a Cali boy. Whoa. Um... But yeah, just my little friend, just my little guy. Is it a nice ghost? Oh, he's so nice. He's so friendly. It was so sad, though, when I first came home for... um... (laughs) (laughs) No, this is a true story. (laughs) So when I first had come home from... um... (laughs) When I had first come home um, over Christmas break, when it was like my first time home since I had like left for college mind you like i don't like when i was younger like i saw toby a lot when now that i'm older like it said that like if you're younger yeah oh like him and i would like talk oh so like 
it's known that like kids have a higher chance of like listening to and like seeing apparitions of like ghosts and stuff when they're younger so as i've gotten older it's happened to me like a lot less but when i was home over winter break he came in my room and he was like where have you gone like i was so sad i missed you so much and i was like oh (laughs) i know you probably think i'm joking and i swear to god i'm not so could you draw a picture of him yeah, it wouldn't be good, but I could fully, like, draw a picture of him right now. Whoa. Girl. I need a moment oh gosh, to process this information here. Um, as I'm drawing, though, I'll keep going. Um, so, yeah. But my dad, like, stayed in a haunted hotel once, and that's, like, a crazy story. Do you guys want to hear my dad's, like, haunt? I know this story by heart. I'd love to. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, my dad goes fishing, like, at least two times a year with like all his like guy friends Mm -hmm. and you're from california so you know where this is it's like in mammoth like mammoth so they're saying it's not in mammoth it's like outside but basically they go to this like i don't even know how to describe it it's like kind of the same thing it was like it used to be a house but now it's like a bed and breakfast and they're looking to stay the night, and so they have to, like, go check into the room at the bar next door. So they go check into the bar, and they're like, hey, do you have, like, any rooms left? And so the bar, like, r- the bartender's like, well, we do, but you guys don't want to stay there. And my dad and his buddies were like, why? And they were like, well, there's a ghost in there. And so the house was taken from this ghost town that's, like, a few miles away called Bodie, which is, like, an old mining town that was, like, completely abandoned um, because, like, the mining basically stopped. And so they moved the house from Bodie to this, like, other town so people could, like, stay in there. It's like a bed and breakfast, basically. And he was like, when this house used to be in Bodie, there was a bride, and on her wedding day, her groom never showed up. So she jumped out of the window and killed herself. Oh, gosh. And so now her ghost haunts the room, and she, like, preys upon, like, men who stay there and, like, does things to them in their sleep. Ewey. Not, like, gross, like, things like that, but she just, like, messes with them when they sleep. And my dad and his friends are like, we don't believe in ghosts. Like, just give us the room so we can stay the night. So they go. And when my dad's sleeping, he feels this intense no, pressure no, on ma'am. his chest as though someone's, like, sitting on him. That's demonic. And he refuses to open his eyes because he's like, I don't want to know what's happening. And so he wakes up in the morning and he goes to his other friends and he goes up to his one friend and he's like, hey, did you feel someone sitting on your chest last night? And his friend was like, oh, my gosh, like, I thought I was the only one. Like, I thought I was just, like, dreaming. Nope. And then they went to their other friend and asked him, and he wouldn't even talk. Like, he was so terrified. Like, he refused to, like, say anything about what happened to him that night. That's so scary. Ew. So, that's my dad's, like, similar ghost story. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping something like that would happen to me at the yeah. Lizzie Borden house. No. What? When I was in Catalina for my eighth grade little, like, class trip, we went to Catalina Island. And, like, they did, like, a ghost tour for us one night when we were there. And honestly, it was all made up. Like, it wasn't real. Yeah, like, like in, in the Florida Keys, they'll have you, like, have this little ghost monitor. It was, like, the ghost monitor. Yeah. Like, oh, we see something. And, it's and like, then, like, you'll point the wait, ghost. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> so, like, the Florida Keys, I guess, is haunted or whatever. And so they have, like, it looks like a cell phone. 
So on this phone is like, it's like an app, like a ghost monitor. And so if you point it towards like a certain area in the room, it will like ding when there's a ghost near it. Quote unquote a ghost. Yeah, yeah. And so like, okay. I was younger when I did it, but I was with like my older cousins and they would put it by like the lamppost and it would ding, you know? Because it's based off of energy. The reason it dings is because it's theorized that ghosts like feed off of like energy in a room yeah, yeah, to like yeah. operate. And so it's just like if it gets to a high enough energy source, it's gonna ding. Yeah, so it, it was, was probably an EMF reader. Yeah, so it was like bluff, you know? Yeah. But no, I get what you're saying, yeah. Florida Keys has a lot of haunted things, apparently, if you want to go there. I'm down. I went on a good... When I was in Boston for, like, a eighth grade trip, it was, like, we graduated from eighth grade, and they took some of us... Um, they took us on a ghost tour around, like, Boston. It was literally just, like, here's George Washington. Like, here's, you know, Paul Revere's old house. They have a stockyards one. They do? I'm, I want to go do that. Wait, yeah, that they have a stockyards so one. Someone was telling me about this the other day. I don't remember who it was. Okay, this is the worst drawing in the world, but this is a Toby. <laughs> oh. Bro, <laughs> that is a crazy, the smiley face is crazy. He's happy, though. <laughs> I'll post this on the Club Crime Instagram if like, anyone wants to see, but. Not to clown on your drawing, but there's no detail. <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm not, like, a good, like, drawer. Put him, put him in the AI um, generator. Oh. I don't, I. <laughs> That is so funny. Okay, so my mom just texted and she wants to know why do I know the Lizzie Borden rhyme? Why have I known the rhymes? Oh I yeah, yeah, I forgot about Get that. Back to that. <laughs> okay, so when I was like eight years old, my dad works at like our local hospital. He does like IT, mm-hmm. and so for whatever reason, the like hospital was selling like books, and it was like new books, but it was just like they were like selling them for like whatever reason. It was like some fundraiser thing. And so he brings me home this book about the most haunted places in America. And it's like real ghost stories from all these people. And so in the book is like it talks about Lizzie Borden, why her house is haunted. I still have this book in my house like to this day. And it talks about like Lizzie Borden and why her house is haunted and, you know, all these other ghost stories. And so I love like this was my time that I was like at the peak of my reading phase like I always had like five books in my backpack at all time and so I started bringing this book to school with me because I just like wanted to read it and so I was the girl that always had like the scary stories to tell in the dark books on Mm -hmm. me and I always had like those spooky scary books so I bring it to school and all my friends are like Amelia what are you reading and I'm like oh my gosh it's this book about like ghosts it's so good so all my friends keep asking me to borrow it so I'm like okay here you go like so then sisterhood of traveling books um mom dad i never told you this because i thought i'd get in so many trouble so much trouble but remember i was in third grade turn away now so one day i'm about to like go out to recess and my teacher pulls me aside and he goes hey amelia like can you come here i need to talk to you (laughs) oh no i'm scared and he goes have you been giving this book out to your friends for them to read oh my gosh and i go it was my book and i was like yeah like they've been asking for it they want to read about the ghosts <laughs> and my teacher goes 
Well, we've been getting complaints from parents that their kids have been having nightmares. Oh my gosh. So parents don't oh. want you to keep handing out that book anymore. And oh. I was literally like, I remember going out to like recess, like shaking, crying. Yeah, I was like, that's so Because I wasn't like upset that like he had told me not to give out the book anymore. I was so scared that my parents were going to find out. And I don't think well, they yeah. ever did. But I was like, well, until now, until then, I'm actually like airing out my drama live on air. No, but. like things like that, like rattle up a child like when right. authority when like a teacher pulls you aside you're like and mind you like this was the same class that i'd like thrown up in front of like everyone oh in that class <laughs> oh i've done that which like oh. why were kids like randomly throwing up i was that child that was i me. was the throw up child me too kids would throw up every day and like <laughs> there was this one girl that like threw up all over my homework path <laughs> No. It was like my homework presents. <laughs> when I threw up in front of my class, like my teacher wouldn't let me go to the nurse, so it was her fault. That's all I gotta say. I'm That's still a rude friend. nurse. I know. It was like the TA, and she was like, "You're faking it." I was like, "I'm not." I mean, not it. a rude nurse. Wait, was it the nurse? Oh yeah, no. that teacher fully was like, "I don't feel good. Like I have a stomach ache. Can I go to the nurse?" He was like, "No." And then I fully like threw up everywhere, and he was like, "Oh." Yep. Yeah. And I was like, "Thanks." Yeah. Like, like I don't sorry, lie about I had that. to like prove it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why I know the rhyme, because I would read that book. And now that I, like, remembered that book, I'm just fully going to, like, go home and find this the next time I'm, like, home and be, like, flip through it. But I fully, like, I vividly remember, like, learning that rhyme from that book. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't a reader. <laughs> I agree. I, I was never a reader. I always tried to be a reader. Always. Oh, <laughs> my biggest issue, I remember my parents had to have a talk with me once because I would bring books into the bathroom with me, and then I'd sit in the bathroom and I'd, like, read, like, while I was doing my business, but then oh, I, wouldn't fin- but I wouldn't finish the book, so I'd put it on the ground, and I made this, like, huge pile one day, and my mom was like, Amelia, oh, you wow. have to get this together. Like, there are oh. too many books in this bathroom. Uh, You're not finishing any of them. Oh, that's a good I, problem to have. I, I mean, problem. it was a good problem to have, but now my issue is, like, sitting on TikTok talk while i'm like in the bathroom but <laughs> wow yeah i need to like start reading i like kind of had a reading phase last year but not anymore i'm gonna get back into reading yeah i just too. decided i'm gonna go in my reading era i limited my social media so let's see how this goes like screen time like does yeah your... <gasps> only five minutes a day what all oh. or nothing guys oh, wait what oh my gosh I'm all or nothing dead. five minutes a day well so one time i did give up social media for lent <laughs> And it, <laughs> honestly, it was dumb on my end. It was my freshman year of high school. I just joined, an, like, an, like, I was in a new school. I joined, like, a theater company. And, mm-hmm. like, it was just not a smart decision socially. But Yeah, you had a lot of FOMO. I had a lot of FOMO. I missed out on, like, two events that I was, in fact, invited to and no one Aww. told me in person. Oh, because they texted you. Because they texted. Mm. Um. Oh, so, like, so it was social media and, like, texting? Well, no, like, it was on Snapchat. Oh, it was, like, texting mm-hmm. on Snap, okay. I, I'm, a, you guys, I'm, I was such a shy person. Like, I was a very different person in high school than I was now. Like, freshman year of high school. Especially, like, when I was new in my theater group. Like, I didn't talk. Right. Like, if I said hi, you were lucky. Mm. that was like the aesthetic i was giving i'm like i'm shy when i'm like first meeting you but i'm still a very like extroverted person of like if i know you like i'm fully gonna come yeah. up and be like hey like how are you doing but like i don't know why it's just like talking to people i've never met before is it's a struggle it's intimidating i think especially now because we're so like not to get like 
you know, too deep or like too like not to get into this, but like I feel like we're just like such like I feel like now people have such like low self esteem because of like social media and stuff mm-hmm. that well, like and COVID and COVID preach. that it's like oh like I don't think I like if I go up to someone and like introduce myself like they're not gonna like me. No, yeah. I'm the same way. Well, in the years of like our like social like where we would have been super social, we were locked in our room. You know? Yeah. So it's like just new for us to be. I always think out about, about like wow, how would my life be different if. COVID had never happened. Oh my gosh, there's no way I would be in Texas right now. My life. I don't think so either. I think I fully might still be in California if COVID had never happened. I wonder what Lizzie's life would have been like if she was born during COVID. God, imagine like telling a Victorian child about COVID. Toby. Yeah. Toby. I think my life would have been pretty different, but I think I still would have wound up here. Hmm. I don't think I would have. I think I don't even think I would have been doing like theater. Had it not been for... I think COVID was, like, what made me realize how much I, like, loved doing theater. Interesting. Because I, like, missed doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't do live theater. Yeah, I know. I felt that, too. Well, Florida wasn't really shut down. So, it was just kind of, like, a long summer. (laughs) So, I went a little cray-cray. But I do have to say that it was weird socially. Like, coming back to school was, like, super divided and not the vibe yeah like all my friends that i had from before covid were literally like not really my friends anymore not because like we like had like a falling out but it was literally like we were such different people like coming back from covid that it was like yeah we couldn't just like pick up where our friendship like the high school drama the drama the drama the tea well so me and my friends we went on a lot of like little outdoor picnics and all that but like it wasn't it was different for sure Mm -hmm. i did like some outdoor like hikes and stuff at the beginning and then i was like this is just like if i can't do this all the time i don't want to do it just like sometimes so then i just like started staying in my room and um but yeah do you guys have any final questions or comments or anything else that you want to add before we go I think, I think, I'm I'm debating. I think Maggie did it. You think Maggie did it? Okay. I think Maggie did it. Okay. Grace, who do you think did it? I'm still on the Liz train. Lizzie Liz. Lizzie Poo. Oh, so, um, we have one more text that I'd like to interject sure. about. Okay, so, um, my friend Caitlin that was on the podcast, she was our first, um, guest for season two. Aww. She was going on the Lizzie Borden website and it says on the website, no alcohol allowed on the premises because we've already had two fatal injury, two fatal head injuries on the property. What? Talking about Andrew and Abby. <gasps> oh, Wow. Wow. So I guess that's the reason they don't allow alcohol. But I feel like it's more just like they don't want people getting drunk and like because I think it's still like the original furniture in there and everything too. Yeah, like I think I they just don't want people like messing up the house. That yeah. would make sense. Oh, that's scary. And it is a crime scene, you know. It's scary. It's scary. Ew. But that's all I gotta say. Yeah. So that's all. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. Thanks for um, having us. The radio Thanks. girls are now officially part of the club that is Club oh, Crime. Yay. You can be an honorary radio girl as well. Yay. You should totally be a radio girl one day. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll pull up. One Wednesday day I'll morning. pull up. Wednesday morning. So to all my listeners, please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another guest joining us. Whoop, whoop. And yay. this has been Club Crime. <laughs>